Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labuba Pastor's blog. I'm Asumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is entitled, John 21, You Follow Me. Have you ever found yourself guilty of hearing a sermon and not thinking of how it applies to you, but of the people you know who should be listening to it, or the people you think should be listening to it? That's a tendency that is natural in people. It's easy to see what's wrong in other people and be blind to our own issues. It's also easy for us to start worrying about what other people do rather than being faithful to our own responsibilities. Today's passage confronts us with an important truth. The person we need to focus on most to ensure they are being obedient is ourselves. Jesus has just told Peter to follow him. And then as they are walking together, this dialogue takes place. In John 21, from verse 20 to 23, we read, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? John is not told to follow Jesus with Peter, but he does anyways. And it's quite possible the other disciples that were there on the beach that morning were also following along as well. I can't imagine ever letting Jesus out of my sight when he appeared after his resurrection. Wouldn't you want to savor every moment you had in his presence while he gave you the opportunity? John was Peter's good friend, and it was natural that Peter would be interested in John's assignment too. What do you want John to do, Lord? That's what Peter's asking. But Jesus' reply to Peter is instructive for each of us. He says to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Or what does that matter to you? You follow me. We see from John's later explanation that Jesus' statement to Peter was widely misunderstood by the followers of Jesus. Many took the statement to mean John wouldn't die until Jesus returned. But John clarifies that's not the point of what Jesus was saying. Jesus was telling Peter he needed to worry about his own assignment and not concern himself with anything but doing what God had given him to do. Friendship and brotherhood are sweet gifts from the Lord. The psalmist says in Psalm 133 verse 1, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. From my own experience in the Christian life, I would say God's people have been one of my greatest sources of encouragement and sharpening. And I'm sure if you've been walking in the Christian faith for some time that you would say the same thing. It's always easier to pass through trial when you are not alone in the trial. It's also more enjoyable to taste victory when our brethren are beside us enjoying it with us. But for us to truly be faithful to our purpose, our loyalty must be solely to Jesus and not dependent on what anyone else is doing 
or whether they are going with us or not. Consider this statement by Paul about a time he had to rebuke Peter and Barnabas for hypocrisy. In Galatians chapter 2 from verse 11 to 14, we read, But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Peter was the rock on which Jesus built his church. Would you have stood up to correct his behavior when he acted hypocritically? That would be no easy thing. It's not easy to address issues in the lives of, lives of people we're close, close with, is it? But if Paul had said nothing, whose side would he have been on? He would have demonstrated he had more loyalty to Peter than to Christ. And this mistaken loyalty would have actually caused him to fail to love Peter truly by speaking the truth to him. When Joshua's life was drawing to a close, he gave these words to the people of Israel. In Joshua 24, verse 15, we read, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Much like the occasion where the commander of God's armies appeared to Joshua and told him he was not on Israel's side or on Israel's enemy's side, but he was on the side of the Lord, Joshua declares to the people he is on nobody's side except the Lord's. That is the challenge for each of us. Our call doesn't come with conditions of people who will be with us through every situation. Charles Templeton and Billy Graham were great friends. They roomed together and ministered together in a 1946 Youth for Christ evangelistic tour of Europe. The two men actually co-founded Youth for Christ International. But later in life, Templeton rejected the Christian faith he had once preached and declared himself an agnostic, someone who doesn't believe that you can prove that God exists or does not exist. He simply says, I choose to say I don't know whether God exists or not. In his memoir, Templeton recounted a conversation he had with his friend Billy Graham and the choice that had to be made about Graham's loyalty. Templeton writes, All our differences came to a head in a discussion which, better than anything I know, explains Billy Graham and his phenomenal success as an evangelist. In the course of our conversation, I said, But Billy, it's simply not possible any longer to believe, for instance, the biblical account of creation. The world was not created over a period of days, a few thousand years ago. It has evolved over millions of years. It's not a matter of speculation. It's a demonstrable fact. I don't accept that, Billy said. 
and there are reputable scholars who don't. Who are these scholars, I said? Men in conservative Christian colleges? Most of them, yes, he said, but that is not the point. I believe the Genesis account of creation because it is in the Bible. I've discovered something in my ministry. When I take the Bible literally, when I proclaim it as the Word of God, my preaching has power. When I stand on the platform and say, God says, or the Bible says, the Holy Spirit uses me, there are results. Wiser men than you or I have been arguing questions like this for centuries. I don't have the time or the intellect to examine all sides of the theological dispute. So I've decided once for all to stop questioning and accept the Bible as God's word. You see, Graham had to separate from his friends because of his loyalty to his master. He had to make a choice. And for each one of us, we also must make that choice. Jesus' call to each of us is a demand for loyalty that supersedes all other loyalties. I recently read a pastor's testimony about a rebellious son he had who was a great source of pain to him. He spent sleepless nights praying for his son to repent and receive eternal life in Christ. But one night, in agonizing prayer over his son, the pastor recounted that in the midst of praying for his son, he felt the Holy Spirit speak to him that he was not trusting God with his son. The pastor responded, saying, Of course I trust you. That's why I'm praying to you. But God continued to prompt him that he hadn't really surrendered his son's life to God's hands. That's a hard thing for a parent to do. I have no greater burden in life than the souls of my children, that they would know the Lord and serve him and not go down the path of destruction. But whether they are loyal to Christ when they grow up or not, his call to me remains, you follow me. Are you following Jesus like this today? Are you most concerned with your own obedience? To whom are you loyal? God bless you all.